I'm Zivy Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I just wanted to encourage you all to watch some of my IG Live videos on Instagram. On Instagram, my accounts are at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. But in case I haven't told you, which it occurred to me that maybe I haven't, on Instagram every day at 11 o'clock Eastern time, I interview authors live from my at Zibby Owens account. And to watch it, you just have to open up Instagram. And if you're following me when I'm live, it'll show up on the upper left of your screen in the story section and it'll say live and there'll be a little red circle. So every day, Monday to Friday, I do an IG live show check it out. I do one to four authors a week. Sometimes the shows become these podcasts. And I also do one on Sundays at two with my husband, Kyle. um, And we talk about step parenting and life and all the rest. So if you haven't watched an IG Live, please do. And also I have a virtual book club that I hope you know about. This is all on my website, by the way, zibbyowens.com. But check out my virtual book club, which is through a site called Book Clubs, with a Z, B-O-O-K-C-L-U-B-Z.com. And no, I didn't make that up after my name, but actually it just worked out perfectly. So go to bookclubs.com, and I'm actually the featured book club on their homepage. So you can just click, and you're invited to sign up. Um, I have amazing guests every week, and that meets Tuesdays at 2 p.m., Uh, Eastern Time via Zoom. So please don't miss out on all these other offerings for all of you guys who are loyal listeners to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And always feel free to check out my website at zibbyowens.com to find out what I'm up to and what else you can do. Oh, and also sign up for my newsletter. On In my newsletter every week, I give updates on the latest, the book recommendations, all my podcasts, all my IG lives, my book club, and any other fun information, um, plus usually some list or article or something that I think would be helpful. So um, also sign up for my mailing list if you get a chance. Okay, that's enough for me. Now go listen to this episode. Today's episode has been sponsored by Stylist. I'd love to tell you more about Stylist because it's the newest and easiest way to shop via text. And to be honest, at first I was a little scared to try it, but once I did it, it's become like the most amazing thing ever. You literally take a picture of something and just text it. So I did it with a light bulb from the dining room that I have no idea what it was. And I took a picture of it and they figured it out. They searched it, they sent me the link to it, and then they sent me the whole item um, all via text. So it's really fantastic. Membership is only $9.99 a month, $9.99. The first month is free. You can cancel at any time. When you sign up with my referral code Zibby, Z-I-B-B-Y, you get one free book. So to sign up, just text Zibby to, these are numbers you're going to text, so get ready, 926-848- and text Zibby with a capital Z. Um, and Or you can sign up on their website, stylelust, S-T-Y-L-U-S-T dot com. And your first book can be free up to $50, which is so great. So go get yourself a free book and try out Stylist. My friend from business school, um, Melissa Bridgeford, is the one who founded this company. And I'm so thrilled to support her. And it's so nice that she's giving away $50 worth of a book for everybody. So um, I hope you love it. And I hope it saves you time because it's ended up sending me so much time now that I'm just clicking pictures of random snacks and then they show up at my door because they've helped me order it. So please try out Stylist. Again, it's text to number 926-848 and text Zibby, capital Z, or go to stylist.com and try it out and let me know what you think. 
I met Christy Woodson Harvey at the East Hampton Library's Authors Night a whole year ago. And she came over to me and was so sweet and gave me her book and said she was a fan of my podcast. And that's just like music to my ears. Um, so I read her book and then now I've read her most recent book. And she is as adorable as she seems. And her book was really great and enjoyable and all the rest. So let me read you a little about her bio. And then I hope you enjoy our episode together that I feel like it's just so nice to have come full circle and now I get to have her on my podcast. Christy Woodson Harvey is the USA Today bestselling author of Feels Like Falling, The Southern Side of Paradise, The Secret to Southern Charm, Slightly South of Simple, Lies and Other Acts of Love, Dear Carolina, and Under the Southern Sky, which is her most recent book. Christy is the winner of the Lucy Bramlett Patterson Award for Excellence in Creative Writing, a finalist for the Southern Book Prize, and her work has been optioned for film and her books have received numerous awards. She also blogs with her mom, Beth Woodson, on Design Chic about how creating a beautiful home can be the catalyst for creating a beautiful life. Design Chic is an inaugural member of the Design Blogger Hall of Fame, sponsored by Traditional Home. Harvey is a Phi Beta Kappa Summa Cum Laude graduate of University of North Carolina at Chapel Hills School of Journalism and holds a master's in English from East Carolina University. And her writing has appeared in numerous publications and websites like Traditional Home, um, our State, Today.com, The Washington Post, Marie Claire, and many others. She's a proud member of the Tall Poppy Writers and serves on the board of the Beaufort Historical Association and is a member of the University of North Carolina's Women's Leadership Council. She's a frequent speaker at fundraisers, book conferences, and private events, and she currently lives in North Carolina with her husband and son, where she's already working on her next novel. So enjoy my conversation with Christy. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Okay, I do I have to let y'all know right off the bat, I am sort of on the Camille train. I live on the North, well, in North Carolina, like you just said, we're having a major thunderstorm. So if you hear anything crazy, we walked around the house and we're like, okay, what's quiet? What's quiet? So hopefully it won't be loud and it's kind of dying down. But if you hear something crazy, that's probably what it is. <laughs> okay. It's also a huge storm where I am. So we'll okay. see what happens, okay. you know, yeah. <laughs> what is up? I mean, it's, it's bad enough that it's a Monday morning in quarantine. Now we have to have like thunderstorms and right. like, right. The only thing saving us is the good weather. I mean, what are we going to do? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I don't know, better Monday than Sunday. Who knows? Whatever. Okay. I guess it's nice. We had 100%. a nice day yesterday. <laughs> yes. yes. Yesterday was gorgeous. So this is kind of the payback, I guess. And I feel like it's been a hundred years since I met you last summer at Offers Night for the East Hampton Library. That was so nice. And you were like so radiant and like, oh my gosh, it was so nice to meet you. So well, that's nice. Well, it was so fun. I was so excited to meet you. I was like fangirling really hard. You probably remember, but it was probably <laughs> sorry. But that was such a fun night and I'm going back again. So I'm really excited to be there yeah. next August. So hopefully I'll see you again. I hope that events are still going on in August. Do you think I do too. I do too. I actually, I usually go on like a six week book tour when I have a new book come out. And this year, for some reason, some really smart person said, let's split it and we'll do four weeks in like April and May and then two weeks in August. So I'm hoping that we can at least salvage that August part. I mean, if we can't, we can't, but I love going on book tour. Like it's just fun to get to go meet readers and cool people like you. So. <laughs> well, I feel terrible for all you guys who can't go on your book tours. I mean, it's so sad to get to the finish line of a big project and not be able to sort of celebrate it and make sure it gets yeah. into the right hand. So it's going to be so interesting, though, to just like do something completely different and like do things like this and see what happens. I mean, you know, I feel the worst, I think, for people who are, you know, this is their first book and they've been really 
you know, just waiting to do this book tour. I do, I feel terribly for them because that is so exciting. It's kind of like the culmination of all that hard work that you've done in all those years. And so that is, that is really sad for them. And hopefully they'll be able to move theirs. But I'm just so grateful they're not moving my book release date because I was afraid that was going to happen or it was going to have to happen because we weren't going to, you know, have books. But, you know, putting out a book a year, I started thinking about that logistically. And I was like, well, first of all, this is not really a book that you want to come out in November. That's not an ideal time for the beach cover. But I started thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, well, if it comes out in November, we're already going to be starting promotion for Under the Southern Sky, which is my 2021 book. So people are going to be like, enough. We've had enough of you. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, that's like a pretty great problem to have is that you're creating so much good content that you can't even figure out how and when to promote it all, right? That's good. That's great. So have you already written? So, so is that your schedule? One book a year every summer? That's just like... You know, I mean, I'm not saying I'm married to that for the rest of my life or anything, but it's worked for me really well. Like we've just kind of, we're in the groove. That's how it's going. I kind of have my bearings with that situation a little bit. And actually it was, oh my gosh, I'm super grateful that I had a book to be working on because my edits were due like two or three days ago on Under the Southern Sky. And so it just gave me something. I was like, it's normal. I'm working. I just have to, I have to focus on the book. I can't, think about, you know, all the craziness going on and focus. I mean, of course you're thinking about it and feeling terribly about it, but I, you know, it gave me something to kind of an outlet. So I wasn't like sitting there watching the news 12 hours a day and like all the terrible things going on. I was in my little writing cave for at least a few hours a day, kind of focusing. So what are you going to do now that you've been freed from the cave? (laughs) Well, I mean, we're, so the new book comes out April 28th and we are sort of scrambling to get this virtual tour put together because, you know, it takes like nine months to put these tours together. And so then to kind of turn around and and put together, you know, some semblance of a virtual tour, we will be working nonstop on that. And we didn't want to do it too early because like I said, we didn't know if we were going to have books. So I have heard now that the books have shipped to the distributors. So, you know, and at the very least, I mean, I know you feel this way and so do I. I'm a huge proponent of independent bookstores. I love them. They are so amazing. And, you know, I hope that this is a time when people will, you know, choose to support them and, you know, we're bored, we're at home. Go buy a book. Yeah. Pick it up at your, at the curbside, (laughs) have them deliver it to your house. I mean, they're getting really creative. It's impressive. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) I actually, I went on this walk yesterday, which is the first time I've like walked into the town nearby it was like out of desperation. Anyway, there was one little store that I never really go into, but there was a sign on the door and it says, if you really need a cozy sweater, call this number and we'll drop one off for you. And I was oh, like, I could use another cozy sweater. I've worn this one like a hundred times. I know. So I think I might have to call. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what turns up. Anyway, back to you and your book and all of this greatness. So can you hold it up again? And can you explain yes. the plot and what it's about? Because the plot is so great for this book. And it sounds oh, thank so you. good. Yeah. Thank you. So it feels like falling is a book about Gray and Diana, who are two women from very different worlds who sort of come together to form this like odd couple friendship. They meet on a day when they're both having a really, really bad day. You know, those days where it's just like nothing's going right. And so Gray is at a point in her life where she could really use some good karma. And Diane is at a point in her life where she could really use some good luck. And instead, Gray inadvertently gets Diana fired from her job. So it sort of Mm -hmm. thrusts these two women together that on the surface seem to have nothing in common. Sorry, that was a thunderstorm shutter blow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
But in reality, they have so much in common. They've both lost their mothers, albeit in very different ways. They're both dealing with the loss of a partner, although, again, in different ways. And they're both sort of at a crossroads in their career, which is, you know, a major situation in both of their lives. And neither of them know it, but they're both about to embark on a really great love story, too. So that's always one of my favorite parts. But there are a lot of, you know, issues that come up in this book. There are a lot of things that these women are dealing with that real women are dealing with. But I think it's also, it's, I think it's my funniest book. I hope I tried to make it. I felt like when I was really going through the process of writing this, we were out of our house from Hurricane Florence. And I was like, I just need some like comic relief in my life. And so I sort of feel like it was like this omen of, okay, we're also going to really be needing some comic relief in our life when this book comes out. So I'm I'm happy for that because I do think it's a funny book. I think people can really escape into this book. It's set in the fictional town of Cape Carolina, which is based on Moorhead City, which is near where I live. So you get to see that, you know, it's one of those fun, beachy locales. And these women are just great. They sort of worm their way into my heart, and I hope that they will for readers, too. Uh Uh-uh. That's so great. So you wrote it during a hurricane, and now it's coming out during a pandemic. I mean, what are the odds? Am I bad luck? Um, What's going on? Um, I know. (laughs) So strange. But actually, the really funny thing about this book that makes it sort of unusual and different from my other books is that I wrote it in 2016, and it's actually coming out now. So I wrote this book I got contracted for the Peachtree Bluff series. So I wrote all three of those books. They came out. And then I spent, you know, eight or nine months completely tearing feels like falling apart and putting it back together. It was such a cool exercise because I had changed so much in four years. The world had changed so much in four years. And the way that I felt about these women and what they would be doing and how they would be handling these situations in their lives had completely changed. So that was so interesting for me. I try not to go back and read my earlier books just because... It kind of makes you cringe a little, I feel like, because you hope that you've grown from book to book and you're like, oh, why did I say that? Or why did that character say that? Or why did they do that? So it was sort of this great opportunity to get to like go back and totally rewrite this book for where we are today. So I think it's good timing. Like I really do. I feel like it all worked out the way it was supposed to. And I'm glad this book is coming out now and that it didn't come out in 2016 when I read it. Wow. And what about your next book, the one you were just talking about having finished? um, Yeah. Okay, so Under the Southern Sky comes out 2021. We don't have a pub date yet. I think April-ish. But I'm really excited about this book. It's actually a book that I've been thinking about for like five or six years. And I don't know... I haven't really talked about it much, so I don't even really know how to tell you about it. But essentially, the the protagonist of the story is a man. This is my first male protagonist. I have four female protagonists also. But Parker is kind of the center of this book, and his wife has passed away three years earlier. And when the book is sort of opening, a childhood friend of his, who is also a protagonist of this book, has sort of accidentally discovered that these embryos that he's frozen with his dead wife are about to be destroyed because they haven't been able to get in touch with him. So it sort of like burst the story wide open about, you know, what do you do? You have this piece of this person who's gone and you know, what's the next right stuff? So there are, of course, a lot of other storylines going on, but that's the main one. Ooh, wow. Well, that sounds really good. How do you, how do you, do you just have like, is it hard for you to come up with ideas or do you just have a ton or do you keep a notebook or like, what's your process like? So I have a ton. I keep, separate Word documents on my computer. And just whenever I have something kind of interesting that comes up, I'll like pop it in a Word document. But usually I don't know where a story is going to go. And like, even with this one, I mean, a friend came to me and said, 
you know, I have these embryos. What am I supposed to do with them now? And I just sort of jotted that down, but I didn't know what the story was until I actually sat down and started writing and thought, okay, who are these characters? What are they like? What's happening to them? And even then it feels like falling. I mean, I remember finishing this story and I was, my husband was at a, co- a work conference and I had gone with him so I could just finish this book and be done. And I met him downstairs for dinner and I was like, that ended the exact opposite way that I thought it was going to. He was like, <laughs> You're the one writing it. What do you mean? But it is just so cool how the characters they just take over the story and they really come to life. And I'm a person, I like to read character-driven stories and I like to write character-driven stories. So I do think that's a big part of that, that the plot is important, but it's not usually what's on you know, the forefront of my mind. But then narrowing it down and trying to figure out, okay, what is capturing me next? Like, what is it that won't let me go, that won't let me you know, sleep at night because I'm so excited about writing it? And that's usually where I go next. And a lot of times I end up sticking a couple stories together at some point. And and one idea, you know, isn't the best one. And so that kind of combines with another one and then it's the right thing. So it's a really interesting process. Uh Having written all of these books, do you have any advice for aspiring authors? I feel like you've turned this into like a system and you, you have it down. Yeah. And I do think that that is, if I, when I tell authors, you know, new authors or aspiring authors, like it's a business and you have to treat it as such. And I feel like the creative part of it is what like lights us up and keeps us coming back to it. But the business part of it is what allows us to actually be able to do this as a career. And so I am, you know, very systematic about, you know, writing my 2000 words a day. It's the first thing that happens because if I don't have a new book to put out, I don't have a job anymore. So that's sort of the most important thing for me. And I'm not saying that everyone has to do that. I mean, it's, you know, whatever schedule works for you, but I think, you know, treating it like, you know, something real that is really going to happen. And you are the queen of talking about this, but, you know, finding the time is so difficult. And people tell me all the time, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. And I'm like, I get it. Like I wrote Dear Carolina. I had a two week old baby when I got the idea for that book. And I would sit in my closet at night while I was breastfeeding and like jot down dear Carolina. Like that's how dear Carolina came to life. So there was no like, Oh, I went on this six week retreat to Italy and wrote this beautiful. No, like, Oh my gosh, no. Like books are being written in the midst of dirty diapers and, you know, homeschooling now. So I think it's just like everything else. And just got to get it done, right? <laughs> got it. <laughs> Aw. Well, Christy, thank you so much for coming on. And it's so nice to finally get to chat with you. And yeah. I hope the storm there passes. And thanks for giving thank us you. great things to look forward to reading. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Oh, that's great chatting. Thanks again for listening to my podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you liked this episode, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and sign up for my mailing list at ZibbyOwens.com so you can always hear about the latest things I'm up to. Thanks a lot. Today's episode has been sponsored by Stylist. Please try out Stylist. Again, it's text to number 926-848 and text Zibby, capital Z, or go to stylist.com and try it out and let me know what you think. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. Thank you.